Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Psychic's Thoughts. Today, we'll be discussing a video game, first impressions game, of a game, I should say. And the game is called Contractors. Now, you've probably never heard of this unless you have an Oculus or a Rift or some form of VR, because this is a VR video game. And... I just want to touch on something about VR before I get into the game contractors and my initial about 10 hours with the game. VR is an interesting market because it's emerging as its own slice of the pie, right? We've got mobile, we've got PC, we've got general consoles, right? We've got um, hybrid consoles like the Switch or the Steam Deck. We have cloud gaming. We have many facets for people to access the games that they want, right? Perfectly fine. And then we have VR. And VR stands in a weird area and will probably stay in that weird area for a few more years. So, I just want to kind of touch on that. I love VR gaming. I think it's a great new addition to the marketplace. I think it has some incredible uh, things that no other gaming could even replicate. It's limited because it's new. Because there are new facets to it. And some of those thing it usually is just to do with hardware and consumer consumer uh, engagement see the thing about vr games are they're very fun they're incredible and people don't realize that they're entire consoles now right the oculus quest 2 being the best example that's what i have so that's what i can speak on the most it's a very versatile headset now of course it's owned by meta facebook right so that might cause some woes but beyond that i'm not going to talk on that controversy i've already discuss what the quest 2 is in my initial thoughts of that um more in depth about the hardware but it's its own standalone console for three to four hundred dollars give or take whichever version you get you get your controllers you get the headset you get the charger and it runs independent from any other uh accessories see back in the day in 2012 2013 14 15 and on you needed something with actual power to to play these games a pc what the Oculus Quest 2 does is, within a three to three and a half hour lifespan, you can play these games independent from a PC, just on its own, natively from the headset. You can download it, it has its own marketplace, it has its own social tab, you can invite friends to parties, and you can do web browsing, you can do gaming, and all the games are made for it. The, that are made for it are on the device. It is a plug-in-and-play sort of equipment, and it's very easy and it's extremely fun. And if you have the space and have the money, and once you get some time with it and get acclimated after a couple weeks, it's a great headset. Now, a lot of games will have scaled down versions on the Quest 2 because the hardware on the Quest 2 just isn't as powerful as a PC version. So some of the physics, details, textures, graphics, and features may be reduced or scaled down, but usually they're very competent, and there's plenty of games that are originally built for the Quest, and that could be scaled up, which is always great. Now, on the benefit, if you have a Quest 2, 
You could play that, no wires needed unless you're charging your headset while playing. Or you could buy a cord and plug it right into your PC. Or if you have good internet and Bluetooth, you could play through AirLink or a variation of such where you can stream directly if you're nearby your computer. Stream the quality of the game from your PC. And that allows you to play PC games with the mods, with the features on an Oculus Quest 2. And then if you don't have your PC nearby, you don't feel like turning it on, or you don't have the bandwidth, or you don't feel like playing that kind of game, you can still play the games you have natively on the headset. It's a very versatile and extremely fun form of gaming. So what are the downsides, Sai? Not many, actually. Um, most games price between 20 and 30 bucks. There's been one game I've seen that's only that's $60, so games are remarkably cheaper. The downsides are a couple things. First of all, the gameplay loop or engagement to keep playing is shorter. You can finish the game a lot faster, and also the replayability is a lot more condensed. It's simplified because of the hardware and because of the actual physicality of the game. Some of the benefits is you can get an actual genuine exercise. You can work up a sweat and still have fun, even in non-exercise related games. Like contractors, I burn about 500 calories in one hour playing contractors or blade and sorcery or a handful of other games. Echo too, because I'm moving, I'm ducking, I'm dodging, I'm sliding, I'm throwing things and I'm in perfectly fine shape, but it's cool. It's cool to know that that could be a more fun and applicable way for many people to get exercise and still have fun. So that's another good benefit. It, in, it promotes movement and interactivity on levels that we've never seen before. The hardware limitations are noticeable. Over time, since it runs a lithium-ion battery, your headset will not be as good at holding its charge. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. I still get about two and a half to three hours and they labeled three and a half hours, which was very rarely the case. Like that only lasted for like a month. And the practices you can do to, long, to elongate your battery, you can get battery packs. So there are ways around it. It's no biggie. It really is its own console and it has its own marketplace. So the downside is the quality of the games in terms of the mechanics and the features that are given in them. Even if they're not the most graphically impressive, which on an Oculus Quest 2 natively, they aren't going to be. That's okay. Most people don't have a problem with that because the gameplay is so immersive and fun. It's different than anything else. Graphics really don't matter as much, but they're great when they do. Here's the thing, though. When the gameplay mechanics are shortened and you can tell there were shortcuts or it doesn't feel as immersive as it should be or interactive, people don't want to play a game that feels like a demo unless they're playing a demo right, or a trial. And that's what these games used to be. A lot of them still priced at full price or three and a half hour bite sizes of a game. Because that's all they could build. So in the future, we're going to get better games and we've already been getting some. So it's a combination of how do we marriage the how do we marry the simplicity of the hardware and keeping it well optimized and running smoothly, but make a gameplay loop that makes people want to come back. It takes more work to put on the headset and get in the space and get in the mindset to move around a lot and you're going to be sweating but it's very fun it's very engaging and for me with motion sickness it takes another little hurdle for me to to really like okay don't i didn't eat too much i had enough water i got my motion bands on i'm good you know what i mean 
because it there are it's just there are better games on console and PC and they're more fun and engaging to sit and play those. Those will always be the predominant force. So VR just needs to understand it will probably always be a niche. Don't think it's like the Kinect or the Wii. That was their biggest pitfall, thinking that they were going to take over the regular gaming methods. No, they were just a facet. They're super fun, super useful. They had great uh, benefits, and they're really cool. VR is an extension of that, a much better improvement. They are its own. It's its sole console. It is. It is different. It is unique. And it is an incredible experience when you get to play. And there's nothing else that you can do. You can't watch a video to get an idea of how fun a VR game is. You have to play it. And what's great about most VR games is there's demos. But I just wanted to touch on that. This is still a niche market. It's expanding rapidly. And more people have VR headsets. But I still don't see or hear as many people saying, I'm going to get on Oculus tonight. Not on Xbox. Not on PlayStation. Not on PC. And that's the difference. It's one thing to get them to buy it and have a few games and say this is cool. It's another thing to get them to put on the headset and continuously play with friends or without on and off. Consistent to the rate that that individual may game. For me, it's not very consistent. It's probably maybe five to seven days out of a month. And I game daily. So that's not a lot. If it was two weeks out of a month, okay, that's half. If it's 10 days, that's a little more reasonable, but 5 to 7, that's not a lot. It's not a lot for all the games I have on there, and it's not a lot of games, but it's a handful. It's a lot of time spent. And I was actually a couple days going to make a, a podcast about the how great VR is, but the dangers that it I can see it falling into in the next few years if it doesn't figure out what the fuck it needs. And I still believe that, but I think part of that has to do with the games. And contractors have at least delayed my thoughts on that and shifted my perspective more than I thought it would. So let's get into my initial thoughts on Contractors, the VR game. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So, Contractors VR. What is it exactly? It is a first-person... First of all, almost every game in VR is first-person, right? Because it's in VR. In fact, there's like one or two games that are like third person one over the top uh over top tabletop like isometric sort of thing and then maybe a couple like strategy games when you're like you're almost like you're playing chess like a chess game and stuff but almost everything's like first person because you know you're wearing goggles that's the perspective so 95 percent of the time it's going to be first person it's almost redundant to say that for vr but who knows the future of vr is wild so it's an fps Right, that uh, puts you in the position of a, dare I say, contractor. Because that's not what it feels like. It feels like you're just a military guy. This game is a is the Call of Duty equivalent for VR. It's a little different, but it is feature-packed. I recently bought it with my buddy C's. Shout out to C's. Seize209 on Instagram, S-E-I-Z. Check out his music. He's got some dope-ass music, uh, including the song we did together, Offense, and future songs to come. Anyway, he and I play video games uh, pretty regularly together. And um, so we both said, all right, fuck it. We were looking for a new VR game because we were both thinking, you know, we love Blade and Sorcery, but that's a single-player game. And I will talk about that at some point. Um... It's a really fun arena hack and slash beat 'em up brawler game. 
single player, just a way to let off steam and really find out how psychotic you actually are. But we're looking for new experience co-op-wise. You know, we have a lot of fun on Xbox. We try and play a bunch of games. We've got buddies that we play with uh, a couple times a week. Some crossplay games, some non-crossplay games. Just depends. You know, so we're always up to finding new games. And 90% of the time, they're free to play or Game Pass. And we all have Game Pass, so that makes it easier. Barrier of entry. Every once in a while, we're willing to shell the bucks. And on VR, the reason why that's easier is because this game is only $20. Much easier than $60. So, um, now I, I actually invest more of my money in gaming. It is like, I don't drink, I don't go out and party, I don't really go out and do stuff. I don't travel that often. I travel more than most people because I'm in a long-distance relationship, but that's different, you know. So, the the extra money I make, I put in savings and investing and in video games. That's pretty much it. Those are the three areas. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, um... So we bought Contractors the other night, and what's unique about this game from the rip, like before we even were able to play it, what I realized is most games, and I bought it, oh, also to note, Contractors is cross-buy, which means it's cross-play as well between VR headsets, because there are different companies that have VR headsets, HTC Vive, uh, Steam's Valve Index, Valve, I guess it's Valve, which they're in charge of Steam. Valve made uh, Left 4 Dead and Portal and Team Fortress 2 and Half-Life, for those of you who don't know. Anyway, um, their their VR headset, HTC Vive, uh, and then Meta, right? Facebook's, all their versions, the Rift and the, the Oculus and the Quests and the Goes and the... Apple's working on one. It's a mixed reality one, so AR and VR. AR is augmented reality, which means it's like when you put on the headset, still put on a headset, but once you do, it's more like um, it's augmented reality, so it's more holographic. Like it's, it blends and it interpolates with your world, with your real world. So you can throw up a desktop screen on the blank wall or watch TV if you have the goggles on. Ideally, if it works the way it might, it would actually be lovely to... Do that. That might actually help a lot of people who can't afford a new TV or who's in the process of moving. Allows them to have appliances and features all built in one and still have the scale and illusion to the eyeball and the brain as if it's really there. With more interactivity. I could see great applications for the future for many people of all kinds if done right. So that's coming down the line, but that's not necessarily a gaming-centric headset these other ones are for the most part that now they can and are starting to be optimized to be utilized for other things but for right now that's where it stands and this whole metaverse thing that's where this stems from not because facebook's name is now meta either the whole concept of the metaverse is a hard one to define people talk talk about it passively as if it's the internet Metaverse is like the world 2.0. NFTs, cryptocurrency, those are all formats of getting into the Metaverse. It's a, the Oasis and Ready Player One is the actualized 
materialized, fully, you know, fully realized version of what metaverse sounds to be. So that's that's the other thing people don't realize that just because you put it online doesn't mean it's the metaverse. That's still the internet. That's just online. If it's an app, if it's on your phone, that doesn't necessarily mean it's part of the metaverse. It means it can be. You can access it that way, since not everyone has a headset. But but yeah, anyway, so just a side note. People need to understand that. Even people who invest in crypto, NFT, Bitcoin, all that, and invest in real estate in the metaverse don't actually realize or have access to this metaverse. If you have a VR headset, you have a better chance of getting access sooner because that's the best way they're going to actualize the physical embodiment of the space that everyone's talking about. Essentially, the idea of it, I, from what I've understood, is you know, you shop online on Amazon on your phone in the comfort of your own home. You still have that option, but if you want to enter the metaverse storefront of it, put on a headset or some sort of hardware, and it builds a virtual world around you where you can step into a storefront in the comfort of your own home. With its own currency. And I guess the idea is that you can have a better life, a more successful and beneficial one, in this world it's a new world the problem with it is you're still a human like you can't trans trans uh transition fully into a digital it's not the matrix you can't just transport your consciousness and your entire being into a digital way if they ever figure that out you and i aren't going to get access to that the very very wealthy rich or influential will get backup copies of them stored in a server Here's the problem. Servers still have to be physical. So technically, in all forms of the architecture and the structures, this just, so far, is not going to be the reality of what, like, the Matrix is. Our planet's going to die before we get to that point. We spend too much time trying to escape into the digital instead of utilize the digital as a tool to inform, entertain, delight, help people get through hard times and to unite and inform or educate people so they can do better in the world we currently live in. That's my stance on that. And you're talking to a guy who loves to live in the digital sphere, but that doesn't mean I want I escape the problems of my world. I do maybe for a couple hours when I put on my headset, but that doesn't mean I'm going to just uh, say, yeah, no, I'm done with this. But who knows? We'll see. The future's wild. So I just want to point that out for people who may not understand those definitions. Um, I just get tired of that anyway so these headsets are pretty cool right they're pretty immersive so in contractors the thing about these vr games right now because it's their own storefront right they have your own games your own social tabs everything and it's old native but with cross buy on oculus's app on my desktop computer which i now have which is nice to have with cross play so you could play between all kinds of vr headsets but cross buy also means i don't have to buy it again on my pc because there's a PC version. And if it doesn't have a cross-buy sticker, you have to buy it again if you want the quality and the, and the graphic fidelity of the PC version. Of course, whenever I want to play it, I have to be in radius of my PC and I have to have my PC with me and on. And that's not always the case. So I prefer to buy natively to the Oculus, surprisingly. And if it can have a feature that's cross-buy, great. Onward oddly doesn't, and the company that makes Onward was bought by Facebook. You'd think that would be cross by. 
and but it's cross-play. So actually, most VR games, multiplayer ones, are cross-play, which is nice. So you, it doesn't matter what headset someone else has, you're still able to play with them. But the cross-buy, that's harder to come by. So if you have a VR headset, that's some terminology you want to look into. And before you ever buy a game, double-check it. If you have a PC desktop and you play PC VR games, check if it's cross-play first. If you're trying to play with buddies of yours who don't, who don't have that. And then beyond that, if you, if you know you want to primarily play the game in one place and it's not cross-buy, buy it there. If you absolutely love it and it becomes your favorite VR game and you would kill to have a better graphic version of that and it's cross-play, then, of course, later you can buy it again. Because, you know, 20 bucks, who cares? You buy it again. But check. Uh, luckily, I did. I still double check, make sure I knew what the hell it meant. But mine's cross by, so um, I have it on my Quest Two natively, and then I also downloaded it on my PC, and I can stream AirLink, which works pretty fluidly, actually. It actually works flawlessly. It's incredible. As long as you have internet, it works great. So yeah, um, that's just something to note. This game is huge. Contractors. And I'm only going to speak on the natively. I have played it through my PC uh, once. It was okay. It didn't save my progress. So it's not cross-progression, oddly enough. But at least I don't have to buy it again. Um, but the fidelity is sharper. Textures are better. It's smoother on PC. But it's a little more saturated and gray tones to make it, I guess, feel more dusty and realistic to war. And it actually makes it a little fuzzier at times to see what the hell I'm shooting at. It's not the end of the world. It's a very slight detail, and I've mostly primarily played it natively on the Quest. Anyway, I wanted to just get those definitions out of the way and let you guys know that that's there, too, for anyone interested in the game. Um, so it's $20. It's cross-buy, cross-play. It's on, um, you know, all kinds of your headsets. But here's the thing. So most video games on the Quest 2, and I'm now I'm not going to talk about PC, Air Link, any of that. From this point on, it's all going to just, when I sit, talk about it, I'm talking about the game natively on the quest 2 regardless if you have a pc or any other kind of console okay so on the quest 2 usually games are three gigabytes at most three or four gigabytes like those are pretty big for this headset and mine is 64 gig which in reality is like 50 gigs of usable space and then over time some more system data files stuff photos maybe captures but for the most part games take up good 80 percent of it 85 percent of my storage on there So I got the 64 gig. I didn't bother getting the 200 gig because I thought, oh, well, fuck it. I'll just delete a game when I don't want it. It still says it could possibly permanently delete your save data, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Should allow us to uninstall games and save our data. That's ridiculous. It does still save the data, but it's not a guarantee. Whereas with Xbox, it's pretty much a guarantee. I mean, the Xbox servers would have to be blown up. Um... Unless, of course, you're not connected online or you don't have Xbox Live. But even their basic feature, like if you uninstall a game on a new Xbox, if you have an, if you have an Xbox, you don't even have to have Live. Well, the, you have the free version of Live now. It will still cloud save your most recent data save point. Just in case. It's a lovely feature that Xbox users don't realize is happening in the background at all times. You don't have to pay extra for it. You don't have to do anything. It just does it. And it gives you that space dependent on how many games you buy and how much gaming you do. It allocates enough space. We're talking kilobytes to megabytes to maybe a gig or two. So it's not like you get 100 gigs. 
I would doubt anyone exceeds 5 gigs. It's just pure raw data save file, not the game you know, itself. When you look at it in your Xbox, it's like kilobytes to megabytes. I've never seen anything exceed a gigabyte worth of saved data of mine. Anyway. So I don't know if Quest really has a fully optimized version of that yet, but so it's a little finicky, so be mindful of that. That what whatever you uninstall could lose your progress. So we're talking three to four gigabytes, maybe two, and then lower. Some games are lower. Echo VR, which is one of my favorite games, is 800 megabytes. So 64 gigs seem like plenty of space for this kind of thing. This game, con Contractors, just for comparison, uh, Walking Dead, Sinners, and Saints, which is a huge graphically f fidelity, really beautiful, really immersive, and really punched to the nth degree. Because usually the games that are really graphically beautiful, like almost like, damn, I thought this was a PC game for a second, they take up a fuck ton of space. They run great, they look great, but they really do take up space, and they kill your battery. So those are the only two downsides to it. Um, so Walking Dead Center and States is like 8 gigs. Contractors is 11 gigabytes. That's a lot on 50 gigabytes worth. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a fuck ton of your storage gone to one game. And then with future updates to come, it could probably hit 15 gigabytes in a couple years, if not sooner. So that, from the start, I've never downloaded a game that big natively on my Quest. That's huge. Biggest game I've downloaded before that was, was Walking Dead Center Saints 8 gigs, which was understandable when you buy it and you see it. Uh, other than that, like it's 3 or 4 gigs. Like Onward is the biggest game I had, or maybe PokerStars, and that's like 4 gigs, 4.5 gigs. I'm like, god damn, that's taking up some space. <laughs> so 11 gigs. So that gave me an immediate idea of how this game is going to play and look and all the features. But you never know. Maybe it's just poorly optimized. And man, was I wrong. This game is phenomenal. I know it took me a long time to get to this point, and I apologize. But I just want to give you some of those definitions and breakdowns first and foremost before going further. For those who may not understand. So what about the game? Well, first off, this game, like I said, is a first-person shooter online multiplayer action game military based and all of that it's this pavlov and onward those are the three top fps vr multiplayer games out there across all vr headsets those are the big three the, they're like the battlefield the halo and the call of duties and they're all fighting for domination of the and they all have different things to them i've played them all and they're all different for different reasons and i'll compare them later but for now, this game is huge because it has a lot to it. First of all, graphically, it's incredible. For what it is, it looks really good. <laughs> Better than almost any VR game I have that runs natively. It runs buttery smooth. I have had no crashes, no lags, no sp none of that. Runs beautifully. It's sharp, it's textured, there's... Yeah, I mean, it's still... I mean, you can't compare it to an Xbox or to a PC or anything like that. VR graphics are always inherently worse, but compared to other games, oh my god, this is like the trifecta 
of a looking of a good looking game on a Quest 2 natively. That runs well. It's also huge because it has a fuck ton of content. I've never seen a game with this much content, so let's get into it. So, here we are finally, the pros of contractors. I'm sorry it took that long. I was just going to have a few minutes about talking about the size, but it occurred to me I should probably give a little more context since a lot of people don't have VR, so I try to give more context to how you could tell how big this game is and, and a little terminology with the cross-buy, how kind of that's consumer-friendly and important to know. So because it's cross-play as well, that means everybody gets access to mods, which is a godsend. <laughs> it's a very nice feature to have. It actually probably makes this game a bajillion times better without even realizing. So first off, when, when you boot up the game, it gives you a basic tutorial. Here's how to grab, here's how to shoot, all of that. And you can customize, you want this trigger to do that, this, that, a little bit of button mapping and some configurations to your comfort level, which is great. Um, so, this is the pros list. This is going to be the longest list. Cons is going to be very short for me, relative to how long I speak. So if you've listened to my podcast before, it's still going to be a while. But here we go. First off, we'll talk about... Uh, the graphics. Like I said before in the previous segment, the graphics are beautiful for what it is. Colors are vibrant. Textures are sharp. Everything that is within about a 100 meter radius of you is pretty good looking. I've only had one visual bug. The enemies are fully rendered and animated. The AI doesn't look weird. Nor does the uh, people you're playing with. You can have a full body look. But what's the point? I feel like that would just run your battery more just to look down at your legs that are never optimized properly. They always look weird. So I just do the vest in the hands. That works just fine. Haptic feedback is really important in VR to add to a level of immersion. When you're firing a gun, it's good to know to feel that little bit of vibration, that kick. And when you're emptying a mag, to feel that little kinetic friction. All those things add to it. Sound needs to be on point and crisp and graphics and fidelity. Every time I load into a first-person shooter in VR, first thing I do, I look at the gun. Then I reload the gun. Then I shoot it. Shooting's probably going to be fine. That's no issue there. It's hard to get shooting down in a VR game properly because of hit registration and bullet detection, but also because of aiming down sights is different. You're not pressing one button prompt that either goes full screen or goes into a zoomed-in reticle, which is just some light mapping and polygon uh, manipulation, which is what gaming is in general, <laughs> what visual video game elements are. VR, it's a little different because it actually has to trick your entire brain into think you're actually looking down in a full scope that you're holding in front of your head without your stupid-looking Oculus Touch controllers punching you. They have these dumbass rings around them, which are the sensors. Like, if you break those rings, there are large, hard plastic rings that wrap around the area. If you look up Oculus Quest 2, every kind of promo, it shows the controllers. They look a little spacey, futuristic, funky. They work great. They're lovely controllers. They just, the only downside to them is because the ring goes over and doesn't wrap under, which is lost on me why they ever changed that design from Quest 1. I assume it's because it didn't have as good as uh, input. It didn't track it as well because the sensors were below your hand and kind of obscured. So maybe that's why. Sensors are above your hand 
The only downside is, you first, they're very durable. I've accidentally punched my fan, playing Echo, reaching up for the disc. I have, I mean, they have been through it. <laughs> so they're very durable. I mean, they're like 80 bucks to replace them both. They're, so they're expensive, but they're plenty durable plastic, so you're fine. But the point is, when you're aiming, it's a little cumbersome because you got to hold it up, and you don't know where the how far the goggles are off your face at all times, so you might punch yourself in the head a little bit. Not hard. Just kind of make, oh, okay, got to, you know, pull my arms forward more. Other than that, it takes a minute to get used to. In general, I'm not talking about contractors. When you're playing a first-person shooter game, you have to hold your, you know, arms up and aim down sights. You know, you're reenacting a lot of the motions and the physicality, and it's more fun to do it that way. And it, the, if, if designed properly, it allows you to do that, and it, you benefit from it. You can sprint just by clicking down. You can jump, which is cool. You can crouch by crouching in real time. You actually have to crouch. And going prone, you actually have to lay down on the ground, which is kind of cool. Um, you can snap turn by using your joystick, your analog stick. If you're, This is good for if you ever have to sit down and charge your headset or if someone who is physically disabled can't stand up, they can still play this game. It's a little cumbersome, but you can actually still play it sitting down just fine. Of course, standing up is the preferred method. Um, but yeah, graphics look great. Lighting is good. Uh, animation and rendering is great. And the bullet physics are phenomenal. I haven't seen good gunplay like this ever in a VR game. Pavlov is great. Onward is great for different reasons. But gunplay mechanics and design and depth and detail is crucial. It Every detail in a VR game adds to its immersion and makes it more enjoyable to come back for more. Detail really matters in a VR game, and contractors knew this going in. So, when you have a standard carbine, or just a standard assault rifle, any gun, but I'm going to use those for example. First off, and this isn't in every VR game, this is only in contractors. Onward doesn't quite do this, Pavlov doesn't quite do this, some components of this is carried on. Of course, when you shoot it, there's muzzle flash, there's recoil, you feel the fire, all that. And when you're looking down a certain scope, it hits it. The cumbersome and the utility of looking down a scope is different. Sometimes you look down a scope and it kind of goes a little more full screen. Sometimes when you're getting shot at, on Onward, when you get shot at by other enemies, your screen has a vignette feature that you can't turn off, which means this black screen closes in on your vision. It's very disorienting. It's extremely annoying, and it completely blocks everything you're able to see. So why would they do that? Well, first of all, it's default, so everyone has it, so there's no disadvantage. But the reason is so you know you're being shot from behind because you can't rely on sound design 100% of the time. There's no haptic feedback. You know, in a video game with a controller, when you're getting shot at from behind, your controller might vibrate or your screen might flash or go red. You can't have a screen flash that much in a VR game that would really disorient. So they have this little black border vignette kind of come in. Problem is, it's too aggressive. But it works. You, When playing onward, you learn when that happens, duck, <laughs> or you're being shot at, you know? So it's helpful, but it's very annoying. Contractors doesn't do that shit. The only downside to that is, yeah, there are times where an enemy is going to be behind you and you have no idea. But the reasoning that onward does that as well is because onward is more tactical realistic in the sense that one bullet kills you 
maybe you could be grazed if you're shot in the chest and you can use a syringe to heal yourself, but you are one to two bullets away from death at all times. So having that black vignette will save you. Contractors, you're four to six bullets from death at all times. However, a clean headshot does wonders. It's not an insta-kill, but it one to two clean headshots, you're done for. Right? So it's more like Call of Duty in that sense. Whereas Onward is more like Rainbow Six Siege for that kind of time to kill. The Contractors has a fuck ton of weapons. All kinds of ARs, carbine, sniper, a couple sniper rifles, handful of pistols, some shotguns, a handful, did I say SMGs, a handful of SMGs. No LMGs, interestingly enough, I don't think. I haven't seen any. Maybe there's one or two, but there's I don't think there's LMGs, which is a shame. That'd be really cool to see in that game. However, there is World War II loadout you can do, which is dope. So there's like three or, f three or four rifles and SMGs in each of category for World War II. It's a lot more reduced. And then, oddly enough, there's a ninja loadout, which is like four weapons. So you get a katana, a bow and arrow, some shurikens, and that's it. That's still cool. I mean, why not? Have some fun with it. So there's a fuck ton of guns. And with that, there's like three or four attachments, sights, grips, all that kind of thing. Kit out the gun you want to your heart's content for the most part. There are point allocations, so you can't just go crazy. And then there's some explosives and sidearms. There's different kinds of melee weapons, which is also cool. Knife, machete, katana, and a frying pan. <laughs> so that's cool. So... Lots of weapons and some good customizations with that. Graphics are great. Gunplay is beautiful. So when you shoot a gun, yeah, there's the regular haptic feedback. When you charge around, if you look in the... I don't know all my gun terminology. I'm not a gun nut, but I know I know a little bit. But when you charge around, you can see the, the um, bullet entering the chamber from the magazine being fed through. If you're looking from the top down on a standard AR... When you take out the magazine, first of all, all the guns are feel to see or seem to be pretty realistic to the era and how they look and also how they function, where the charging rail is or where where the magazine feed is or and all that stuff. So sometimes you can just quickly dump a mag by pressing the eject button and the mag falls right out. Other times, like on the FAL and more Soviet era weapons, when you press that, it doesn't release it. It doesn't just dump it. You also still have to manually pull it out. Right, so you you learn quickly which ones do which. Um, of course, the mags and all that are on your vest, so you just grab that, pop that in, slide the charging rail, and you're good to go. E easier said than done. You learn quickly what type of guns where. You know, some of the magazines are in the further back on the stock. And and anyway, you get used to it, but it's realistic. It seems like you you know you when you pull the mag out. You can see that it has a bunch of bullets in it. You can check and see, okay, there's some bullets in here, so you're still good to keep firing. And then when you pull it out and it's empty, it's empty. It's actually empty. And you throw it on the ground, discard it. And then um, you can also inject You can eject the entire casing. And the entire. I mean, when you fire and you look to the right, you can see where the shells are being ejected. And you can hear them hit the ground individually and depending on where you are, you can hear the different surfaces. And that goes for anything you drop and any bullet you fire. 
The gunshots all sound relatively the same coming out of the barrel for the most part. Some sound heavier and thuddier, so there's a little difference between classes of guns, SMGs, assault rifles, shotguns, such. But then shooting on certain surfaces or dropping things on certain surfaces has some preset differences. On metal, it's more, you know, there's more reverberation and echo. On a solid surface, it's more absorbed. You know, so there's some texture to the sound design, which is really, really nice to hear. Um, and see. You also regen life automatically. Um, you respawn quickly. So, and onward, you don't regen life. You have to grab a syringe and stick yourself to heal or to revive somebody. In contractors, you respawn, so there's no reviving anybody. And when you get shot, like Call of Duty, you automatically regen. And look at your health. You just look at your wrist, and it shows your health bar, your percentage. So that's nice. And then when you're firing a gun with iron sights, obviously, that's pretty simple. But when you're firing a gun with any kind of specific scope, two, four times, whatever, other than a power scope, which is a little different, when you're looking down it, it is realistic, you know. Games for the longest time, when you look down a scope in a video game in a first person, it would go full screen for sniper scopes, and it would go f sometimes full screen for four times ACOG. That's just because at the time, that's the best they could do. Basically, they could crop it or Ken Burns it in. They could not accurately have one section of the screen blurred out, like the foreground blurred out and... Or the, I mean, the background blurred out and the foreground focused, and that foreground focus is the reticle that also has a two or three times zoom in on the target you're currently looking at. That would have melted the 360 and PS3 era, for the most part. Think about Modern Warfare 2019 when you aim down sights compared to COD Modern Warfare 4. COD, Modern, COD 4, Modern Warfare, sorry. <laughs> Not Modern Warfare 4, or technically I've never seen that. Um, I guess Ghosts is that, but not labeled that way. Anyway, so, um, so yeah. In this game, when you look down a sight, it is an enhancement of what you're looking at. Very accurate to what it looks like at aiming down an actual scope. As realistic as you can get for VR. And for different types of scopes, have different distances and different drawbacks. They're more sensitive and stuff, but they're useful. And there's something about it where... Sometimes in, in VR, it's really hard to pinpoint or articulate this point, but in a lot of VR games, it's cumbersome to look down a scope. It's just easier to hip fire a lot of the time, especially in a pinch, because when you're aiming down the scope, where you think it should line up is off by an inch, which makes a huge difference, where your brain immediately perceives where it should be because it, your brain is tricked into thinking you're holding a gun. So when you're holding it up to where your eye would be, and if you close one eye or if you decide not to, both are perfectly fine for however you want to shoot. Then, but it's still off a little bit. So like in Onward, I actually have to aim higher to hold my gun higher. So it actually kind of looks like I wouldn't even be aiming down a sight if I was actually holding a rifle. I'd be looking at like the charging rail if it's on the top. So anyway, it's a small detail, but like that inch of difference makes a big, big difference. In contractors, as soon as I held the scope up, I saw it perfectly clear. It didn't, it didn't make things weirder. I don't know why, but like sometimes in VR games, when you're looking down a site, it distorts it and it makes it harder to shoot clearly. 
That makes it more sensitive. And you're just like, man, fuck this. I'm just going to hit fire when I get closer. <laughs> and contractors, when you're aiming down a sight, it is exactly where you expect it to be for your eye placement level, where you're holding it. It feels natural. It's easy to control. Not all the time, but for the most part. And then when you shoot, if you shoot where the reticle is, it's going to hit it. Whereas for some reason for Onward, it feels like when you do that, 50-50, may not. Unless you're using an ACOG. So anyway, the sights are a work of art. So on top of that, being able to see each bullet enter and leave the gun. Well, not leave when you fire, but you know when you eject it or when you're shooting and see the casings to reload and to have that all... Uh, have all haptic feedback for all of that and for the sights to be easy to manage is a godsend. Pistols work beautifully as well. So the gunplay is probably like a 10 out of 10. Honestly. Um, even sniping is really cool. It's tricky, but it's really cool. Um, and funny enough, and I think because they make it so much more accurate to your eye level, somehow when you when you record clips in Onward, like you're recording gameplay clips on the headset, whenever you're shooting, even if you're aiming down sight, for some reason in the recording it doesn't realize you are, because it doesn't it's not lined up or calibrated properly or something, and so it doesn't look like you're aiming down sights. In contractors, when you're aiming down sights and you're recording it, it shows it. You will very rarely see, like I have to aim much higher and actually miss a shot on Onward because it's, I'm not actually able to see the scope at that point, but the camera in the screen recording does in the capture for Onward. But for contractors, when I'm aiming down sight and I'm recording it, it shows it just as I saw it, which is nice. It makes my footage look better. So that's also a nice feature. So gunplay works great. Like I said, when you shoot people, you see a little health bar dissipate so you have an idea. Now let's talk about another so gunplay is um, phenomenal the sound design is great and it all with the haptic feedback everything leads to some great immersion so let's talk about the modes there are a lot and that helps this game tremendously there are your traditional multiplayer modes capture flag domination escort uh, decode vip all these kinds of things that are pretty you've seen them before so first of all you have all those multiplayer modes whereas in onward and other games you have like two or three then you have a survival mode, which is you solo or with friends, and you can do all these modes by yourself or with friends, cross-play online seamlessly. Um, you have, you know, you start with a pistol, you have a, a little bit of coins, and it's a wave-based round where you're on a certain map, you're trying to kill as many AIs, stay alive, upgrade your guns, and yeah, it's crazy fun and it gets more difficult and it's a really good survival game it's like modern warfare 3 survival then you have missions which is also against ai same kind of ai you see in survival except this time you go in with your loadout kit that you have in your menu and you try to usually and you try to accomplish xyz objectives on certain maps from what i understand so far you can't use modded maps for these modes because that would probably break the ai but that's okay and then on top of all of that content, oh, by the way, all the multiplayer modes, when you play crossplay, you can play with the modded maps. I play Codder, COD Modern Warfare 2019's Rust. First of all, it looked phenomenal. And also, I was playing COD Rust with similar COD gameplay in VR. It was incredible. I got shit on, but it was incredible. That's the hard thing. Like, there are people who have been playing this game for years and are much better. 
you're going to get your ass whooped, and they're kind of toxic. So it's annoying, but like all multiplayer games, I assume when you get good and more comfortable and get better at it, it becomes more fun. But the AI offline modes are just as fun, which is very rare. Usually they're a side meal, but for me, they're like as fun, if not more fun, so far in my first 10 hours or so. And then lastly, a new update, apparently new, a few months new, Hazard, which is essentially they added zombies. Oh my god. It's hard to find a really fun zombies game that works. That's co-op. In fact, the only one that there is is the Dead Horizon, whatever it's called. That one's okay, but it's limited. But it's okay. It's pretty fun. It's really gory. It's nice. Um, After the Fall is actually a really good zombie game, but it's um, it's lacking in features, and I do have a podcast episode on that. That game is really good. That's probably one of the better zombies games out there. And they have some Team Deathmatch, but it's primarily zombies, and it's got a lot of cool components to it that really make it stand out. But And they've been adding good content, but it still needs a, something else to it. Honestly, it needs some better wave-based modes. They started adding them, but they're still not quite there. That's okay. Mm. Pavlov had the best, probably the best zombies mode, considering you can get it for free on the App Lab, a beta version of it, or if you have it f- full priced on PC VR. It had a really good zombies mode. All kinds of maps, modded maps. Graphics were okay, gunplay was fun, and it worked. It's really good. Until I played Contractors. Contractors has the best, in my opinion. For the balance of it, it's very challenging, it's very fun. Just like survival, you're using all the guns. Uh, you can't, it's, I think there's only one map available to it right now, which is kind of a, well, maybe there's two maps. It's kind of a shame, but it's a good map. And it's really fun. Very difficult. Very, very difficult. But it's really fun. So you get like 10 multiplayer game modes. You get modded community maps up the ass on the multiplayer mode. So you have an end, endless stream of new maps. Play Modern Warfare 2 Terminal. Most people do COD modded maps, but there are plenty of other kinds. Um, so you can play those seamlessly. Then you've got your offline modes, your survival against waves, your mission against AI, survival waved-based AI, Mission AI base, and then of course you have zombies all in one package with great graphics, realistic gameplay, and a fuck ton of fun. The immersion on this game is incredible. I cannot get enough of it. Makes me want to go play it right now. I'd rather be playing it right now. It's just that fun. I don't want to play with more weapons, I want to get better. I want to become the next John Wick. <laughs> the gunplay is just that good. Uh, so, yeah. This game is really good. If you're looking for that more COD experience and Onward didn't do it for you, then this is the game for you. I'm going to get into some comparison and some features I'd like to see. It's kind of a cons list, but I actually don't have many cons because there's just not many problems with the game. It pretty much hits on everything I expected it would and then some. I'm not saying it doesn't have flaws. It definitely does. I'm just saying it really doesn't have a lot of cons that I can even do a whole segment on, but I will touch on things I'd like to see. A few cons mixed in there and um, do some comparisons to some other games. So here we go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're all doing well. So I've discussed the basics of how to 
buy and play and some mechanics of VR and then the general idea of contractors, the graphics, the file size, like you needed all that on info on that, the gunplay, the gameplay, the modes, the features, and why it's probably one of my favorite first-person shooter, or, you know, multiplayer shooter VR games now. I still, still got to give it more time. I got to get better at it. And I'm surprised I slept on it this long. I just always thought, I thought it was the worst version of Onward. Like, I thought Onward was more popular. So I got Onward. I'm like, this game is great. Why would I get another one? Why would I get a COD version of this? I don't like, you know, I don't want that. I like the tactical. So let's do some comparisons. I've played Pavlov. Pavlov's great. Pavlov, to me, is kind of that middle step between it. I played Pavlov natively. I haven't played it PC VR, so please note that. Uh, it's that middle step between Contractors and and Onward. It's got some realism. It's got some, you know, it's got good graphics. Better graphics than Onward in some ways, but worse graphics. Anyway, it's kind of weird. And I'm only using the beta App Lab version, side quest version, not the full PC VR version. So that's probably also a huge difference. So I don't want to really compare with Pavlov because I've only played a few hours of that and it probably wasn't the full version that people that are fans of that game have played. So that would be inaccurate. So I have played a fuck ton of Onward and I've played 10 or so hours of Contractors. So let me compare some things. Um, Onward is a slower, more tactical approach to things. And because you die so quickly, people do take it a little slower. I like that. In the mo I like the multiplayer of Onward more because of the gameplay pacing. And I got really good at it. Onward is kind of like, can feel like Counter-Strike if you're going quickly. It could be Rainbow when you're not. You know, that one-shot kill, for the most part, from no matter what distance, can be frustrating, but for the most part, it's understandable, and it's really rewarding. Um, Onward's offline modes are very fun, but very basic. Like, there are just, there's the wave mode, and it's like, yeah, and you could do modded maps, but that usually breaks the game because the AI doesn't know how to work in that space. The AI are, are very, very, very rudimentary. First of all, they're very... They look PS2-era graphics in comparison to Contractors. Contractors looks Xbox 360, <laughs> which is a huge jump from PS2, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so they're just... They're very still. They have, like, four modes of animation, and when they shoot you, they're either beaming you, depending on the difficulties that the AI do, and I'm talking about Onward right now, they're either beaming you from a bajillion miles away without you knowing, or they're standing still, letting you shoot them. There's not much of an in-between. There's not much of a challenge. They don't move quickly. They don't push you. They don't try to flank or outsmart you. They, 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 and there's no variety in the enemy type. It is all the same type of enemy. The only variety is they either have a rifle or they have an LMG. That's it. After a while, if you're playing on the default armor maps, you know exactly where they're going to spawn. Couple that with the two game modes. Maps are great, but couple that with the two game modes. That's it. That's all you get. And then you can use modded maps for offline play, but you can't do them in online. And for offline against bots, isn't great. The best experience you can do is there's some modded game mode types. 
That is really cool. That has added longevity to Onward. Uh, not, I mean, not game types. There are modded maps you can play in a custom game lobby that you can open to the public. So it's not an official server game, but, you know, you can have random people join you. Me and my buddies play Rust gun game in Onward all the time, and it never ceases to be fun. So for that, it's great. I don't even know if there's gun game. I would assume there is, but I don't know if there is in Contractors. So it's cool. Gunplay's great. Reloading's great. Animations are good. It's all a very solid game, and it's a good tactical experience. So I do still recommend Onward, because I think it is a great game. I just didn't realize what I was missing with Contractors. Because Contractors' graphics are better. They're AI. There's only like two or three types of AI. There's the special enemy types, like the boss types, like the VIP types. Then there's the juggernaut types, a little extra health, usually have a shotgun. And then there's the SMG guys, and then the regular riflemen. So there's some more variety by five times compared to Onward. They look better. There's better lighting across the board. The bad guys AI are always wearing black, all black, and it's really just really basic poly. Like, I mean, it looks PS2 era. I mean, it's bad. Um, they do have health, so you can shoot them a couple times. It's not just insta-kill. And they are very smart. They will barrel roll. They'll dodge roll. They'll throw grenades. They'll flank you. They'll outmaneuver you. You could still do all the same to them. You're a human. You can outsmart them. But they're pretty challenging. And they know how to attack in waves. And it makes it a pretty exciting experience and at least diverse enough. Couple that with the incredible gunplay. Much better gunplay. There's more detail to everything. You can see shit better. When you're getting shot at, there's none of that vignetting, reducing the screen. You can, your health automatically regens. Ammo management is tricky, but not impossible. And also in survival and in zombies, in between rounds, you upgrade your guns, but you also can upgrade skill points in-game that benefit a lot. You have to do that eventually. Otherwise, you will lose faster than you realize. It increases your health, your damage output, damage reduction, your speed. It allows you to pick up enemy um, ammo every once in a while. 15% chance of enemy dropping ammo, which is... Uh, a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, headshots do more damage and get you more points across the board in every game mode in Contractors. So it's always preferred. But body shots are pr plenty effective too. And each weapon feels different, shoots different. There's f different firing modes. Guns feel realistic in the sense of ammo as well. Onward has the same effect. It's not like a movie. when, you, Or somehow in Call of Duty, like when you run out of ammo, who cares? You have so much in your ammo pool and you just hit reload. Like it's barely, it's barely an inconvenience unless you're using some sort of weapon. Or unless you're in the middle of a firefight and you run out. But you usually don't. You're conditioned to spam X. Because you have an infinite pool of ammo. It doesn't matter. In this game, you do not. <laughs> in survival modes and everything, you do have an infinite pool in the multiplayer. It does not want you to... The multiplayer is a casual experience. From what I've played, I haven't played the competitive ranked modes of the multiplayer on contractors. Multiplayer doesn't want you to worry about that shit. It wants you to worry about the objective in the game and killing the enemy. That's it. And that's fine. It makes it really fun, really engaging. 
But for the survival, the harder modes, the missions, or zombies, ooh, you're not worried about health, luckily, but you are, you know, because it auto-regens, but you are worried about ammo management. Oh, my lord. I'm constantly asking my buddies, all right, how many, how many primary mags you got? I got four. I got two. I got eight. Uh, he doesn't get any extra ammo. Give it to the guy with two, <laughs> you know. Also, in oddly enough, in the survival and zombies mode, I don't know if this is a bug, but I hate this. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in the game. If you drop a mag, like, you will fumble around, especially if you're in a hurry trying to reload quickly, you will drop a mag. It is bound to happen. You're going to fuck up and actually hit the wrong button or reach down and pull the wrong thing out. Instead of a knife or a pistol, you pull out a mag. If you have a fully loaded gun and you're holding a mag for that gun in your hand, you cannot put that mag back in your vest. In a survival, when you're playing against AI, zombies, survival, or missions. Multiplayer you can for some reason, but... So it's not a bug, it's just a design feature to make you, I guess, more scared of losing ammo. Guess it's to make it more challenging. It's just not very kind to people who are not familiar with the layout of the game. I guess you get better at it, but I think it should be a time limit. I think it should be a happy medium. If you want to punish people for being stupid and not conserving their ammo, fine. But don't have it immediately as they take it out of the vest. They either have to load it or it's not worth it at all. Apologies for that interruption. Dad's taking my dog out. So anyway, um, so that's the thing. Um, when you drop it, you cannot. Sorry, I got distracted. You cannot uh, put it back in your vest. I don't get why. I, I guess, yeah. To inflate the challenge. I don't know. Um, if you, as soon as you take it out of your vest, you better load it in that gun. Otherwise, you have no point for it. You can't put it down anywhere else. I did last night find a, a way. You could put it down first. I was standing next to a barrel. I accidentally pulled the mag out prematurely. I was, I was reaching for my pistol. I had the FAMAS, so it was a little more difficult to reload that gun. So I was out. I had like probably like five rounds left. I didn't know. I pulled out the mag. I'm like, okay, well, shit. I put it next to this barrel next about head level. And I emptied the rest of my FAMAS into an enemy. Or FAMAS, however you pronounce it. And then I'm like, oh, the mag's still there. So I emptied it and then grabbed it. I don't know how long that would have been there. I feel like if I left it there any longer, it would have disappeared or been inoperable. So, I'll play around with that, but anyway, that's a really frustrating thing. And it's not just from when you pull it from your vest, it's also if you dump it prematurely. If you have a gun that doesn't require the two-step process where if you try to eject the mag, it won't leave, you have to still physically pull it out, that's great for one reason and one reason only. You can't accidentally eject a magazine by pressing the wrong button, because it's just a button on your controller. Um, you know, the, that's the one great thing. The downside is when you're trying to reload quickly, you have that extra step to pull it out and then put the feed, feed the mag in, instead of just dumping it and feeding the mag right in. It makes the, those few seconds can be crucial. So there's the trade-off, um, and it's usually well balanced. But the thing is, if you accidentally dump a mag on the ground, I've done it at the start of a game. I hit the wrong button. I'm trying to hit something else. 
try to look at the menu. I press the button next to it. Oops, drop, dumps the mag from my from my M4. I'm like, well, shit, and I can't pick it up. <laughs> I just have to pull a mag from the vest, and there we go. I'm one mag lower, which is like a hundred in-game coins, and it takes a while to save up in-game coins in survival mode to get a good gun, because you have to replenish your ammo too. It's a small inconvenience. I do wish you had maybe a three-second period. So if you don't act fast enough or you don't pay attention, you're still punished. Three seconds isn't a lot of time, and it still punishes you in the middle of combat because you still have to take that time to go down, grab it, feed it back in. So you'll still probably you'll so it's still punishing. So you're not an idiot and you're still conscious about it. But that way, it doesn't punish somebody for having an accident, pressing the wrong button. Oops, I dumped it back. Whoop! There we go. Whole thirty bullets. Pointless now in a game mode where conserving your ammo and watching your ammo count is vital. It's a very frustrating mechanic. Um, I really, really, really like how that you can melee with a knife. You know, you can stab and slash with a knife and it does damage and, it's, and it staggers enemies. That's another great thing. If you shoot at an enemy and it doesn't kill them, it staggers them for a half a second, for the most part, in most cases. So, as long as you could stagger them, it buys you I'm talking a half a second at max to either fire another round or for someone else to handle it or for you to reload. That mechanic is crucial. If they ever got rid of that stagger mechanic altogether, uh, this game would be damn near impossible because <laughs> it's a pretty difficult game. But the fact that you could stagger enemies means when you're being swarmed or rushed, you still have a chance of fighting back and you have to be strategic. Who's closer to you? Who's the lowest health? How much ammo you got left? It's nice. It's nice. Um, what would be really cool and just add to the level of immersion is if they added the same physics and contact points that Blade and Sorcery have with close quarters. If they have a CQB update, oh my god, I would, I would pay for that update. This game's already great at range. But if you can run up and grab somebody, AI. Maybe they disable this in multiplayer because this can get really annoying. But if in AI, in AI mode, zombies, survival, and missions, right? If you can grab the AI and kind of throttle them or push them back or punch them, doesn't do much damage, right? You still need to use your guns and knives and stuff. But if you could grab someone and pull a pistol and sh- like John Wick, or if you're out of ammo and you can't reach for your knife in time, you got zombies crowding you, I can tell you how many times I butt them with my gun or pushed them back and it doesn't do anything. So even if it just staggers them, but if it had the effect that Blade and Sorcery have, like when you punch somebody, you're punching them. Or when you grab them, you're grabbing them, and they're kind of stumbling. It doesn't have to be that effect, because that game is designed to make you more powerful and give you that feeling of that power. In Contractors, you are surviving. You're not supposed to have that power. But that level of immersion, your brain, everything else is so tactile. When you're holding a gun, when you're reloading it, when you're shooting... When you're shooting close range, everything feels like how it could play out in real life, except when you decide to punch somebody. The only time melee works is if you pull out a melee weapon. (sighs) You know? You can't punch people. I wish they could add that. Grabbing, pushing, punching would make a big difference. Even if it only staggers and it does no damage. Even if grabbing, so grabbing staggers and locks that, your arm. So if you grab them with your left arm, you can't use that arm to reload or maneuver or anything. And that's the drawback. So you don't want to grab people all the time because it slows down your pace 
significantly by like half. So you can't run and sprint. You can't lift them up. You can't choke them. You're just grabbing them. Now, of course, that makes them staggered and unable to do as much other than maybe punch you or pull a knife on you or shoot you up close. But it staggers them long enough. And so if you have a pistol in your other hand or somehow pull it off of the rifle, you can shoot them real close. But also if you just push them and shove them back and it staggers them and pushes them back a half a foot, and then if you punch them, it does kind of the same effect and stun them and, have, and stagger them for two seconds. And then if you do it like with the butt of your gun, it's three seconds long of a stagger. And only one enemy at a time, or maybe a couple if you have a rifle near. You know what I mean? So it's not a lot. It doesn't make you all powerful in close quarters, but it gives you some play within that range because they close in a lot of the times. And unless you're using a melee weapon, you might as well not be using close quarters, unless you have a pistol, of course. That would just add to that immersion, allow people to have more fun in the AI stuff, and um, make zombies a little more feasible when they overwhelm you. Because it sucks when you can't pull out your knife in time and you're trying to reload and you have three or four zombies on you. It would be nice to just melee them back for a bunch until you find enough spacing so you can reload. And that would add to immersion. So I think that'd be really cool. The CQP, CQB update, I think, would enhance a lot of the gameplay. That's already laid such a great foundation. The mods and the maps and all that, those are all great. So far, they run smooth from what I've played. Um... Yeah, it's just one of those I just got to play more of it and get used to it and kind of know what guns I work well in multiplayer with because some guns are better for multiplayer than they are for the AI, you know. AI is easier in some regards in terms of enemy, but it's still not easy. You'll still get your shit smacked. I didn't realize how hard this game was. I thought this game was going to be easier than Onward. I don't think it is, actually. I got killed first time playing. My first four attempts trying to load into the solo player AI just get a feel for the game, I got killed immediately. I had no idea what I was doing, partially. Um, so yeah. The gameplay is pretty phenomenal. And comparing it to Onward, the graphics are better and some of the gunplay is nicer. And there are more guns and there are more multiplayer feats. It just feels like a more finished game. Onward, in comparison, feels like it's hasn't been updated in years feels dated and it feels like it's a game that was designed for the first VR headset ever because it was it was designed for quest one and it was ported to quest two we need an onward two desperately with the funding of facebook backing it meta if you will you know onward or two could massively exceed contractors if it chose to and still keep its its core gameplay loop and its core uh people on board it has that potential. It's a great tactical shooter. It's so fun to run simulations and onward for that reason. But I'll tell you, Contractors just has more to offer on the table. And for a first-person shooter game, Contractors for me is where it's at right now. And I've been playing it, and I plan on playing more. So it's a great game. I do highly recommend it for anyone on VR who's into first-person shooters. Um, I wish I started in this game. And there's also some nice features like when you're watching someone, you could play basketball. I wish you could two-hand the basketball. Um, just a bunch of nice little other touches that kind of make this feel more like a full game. It does. It's got enough content. It's got more content for a first-person shooter in any VR game I've ever played. You know? 
um, and it's fun enough and replayable enough for that. And that's all it is. It is a casual experience for the VR world. And it's extremely engaging. So I hope they add new weapons. I hope they keep having bug fixes and balances. I, could, I hope they keep adding new game modes. The fact that they added zombies was ingenious. I hope they add some new elements to that maybe. Maybe some new enemy variants or something. Some new maps. Some new power-ups. Special weapons maybe. And eventually in the near future we will get a Call of Duty's VR. Call of Duty's Zombies VR. And I just hope that whenever they come to that they consult the people who have been doing really good VR haptic feedback because it's one thing to have a gun play feel good like in onward sometimes my gun would get stuck on walls and kind of be inaccurate and tracking will be lost because i hit a dim point in the room from the lighting which can happen in any game but somehow everything feels responsive and less slippery and slidey and doesn't always feel like i'm fighting the controlling the controller or the game mechanics to just land a shot Sometimes in Onward, I, it does feel like that. However, w one other note I would like to see in Contractors, it does make it more realistic. When you're holding two hands on a weapon, of course it makes it more stable. That's how you're mostly going to play it. You really have to hold your joysticks pretty close. Like, there's a, there's like within five to six inches apart, and it immediately um, lets go if you pull them away. Even if you're still holding on to grips that would hold it. Whereas in Onward, as long as you just hold those two grips and you start close together, you can move your left arm or your right arm as far away from each other as possible if you want. And it'll still hold it in-game like it's two hands. It sounds weird, but it, it just makes it easier because of those sensor rings being on top of the controller. You don't have to worry about them hitting and bumping into each other. Of course, it makes it probably makes you handle your gun funnier because you're holding your shit at a different angle but it's nice to have that as an option and i do wish contractors did that because can't tell you when i'm doing a pistol how often i'm fucking bumping my controllers together just to fucking hold it very small very very small complaint but yeah overall from the gunplay from the modes from the fluidity from the graphics this game is a feature-packed fully decked out feeling almost triple a like vr uh fps military fps that is definitely going to be in rotation for a while and i highly recommend so thank you all for listening i hope you have a great day